On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy, Hickman. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get into the Houston Texans talk, you know, I would kind of like to start off with just a casual conversation. And Cody, uh, you know, I know you're not a fantasy football kind of guy. This year has been so hard on me because everybody has either been hurt. Michael Thomas and his mess in, in, in New Orleans. Nick Chubb has hurt me. Uh, Julio Jones missing games. It's been so hard to come by wins, but I am on a three-game winning streak, and I can make the playoffs. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about my chances uh, in this $75 million, sorry, $75 league that I'm in. Uh, very excited to see what I can do. But we're here to talk about the Texans, right? And, you know, there's a couple of things that we must discuss for today's show. And we're apologizing. I want to apologize for not having a episode out for Monday. We had a great show, but we had a terrible technical issue, um, difficulties. But for today's show, we will talk about Romeo Cornell's statement about not trading for peanuts. Also, as mentioned last week, didn't get the opportunity to do so. But the GM search, you know, which is very big because Cal McNair spoke about it uh, on 16 yesterday on Monday. Uh, and also the second half of the season storylines and kind of dive into who we want to see after the Texans come back uh, on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars to take on uh, the Jags, who will be without Gardner Mishu. They're going to start their rookie quarterback. And so the Jags are also in a terrible position. We did see the Indianapolis Coast win on Sunday. The Tennessee Titans lost. So Houston, Texas, which sits at one and six. I predict they will get their first win since the last time they played the Jaguars on Sunday by beating the Jacksonville Jaguars and go in advance to two and six. But before we get into that, Romeo Cornell's statement about not trading for peanuts. Cody, is his feelings valid as an interim coach right now? Like, is his way of thinking about not just having what – everybody will, will call a fire sale. Is that the right decision for this team? And is Romeo just, is he, is he understanding that this may be his last year and it really doesn't matter because he won't see the fruits uh, of the trade labor or like, where, where is Romeo right now in all of this? Well, I do think Romeo Cannell do have a point. And everyone is expecting the Texans to be sellers at the trade deadline. And if you missed it last week, a report by Sports Illustrated announced that Houston has made everyone available on their roster except for, of course, Deshaun Watson, Titus Howard, Laramie Tunsil, and J.J. Watt. And while the Texans have expressed interest in making a few trades, 
they are not going to just accept anything. And I think that is good. And that is what Romeo Cannell is hitting at because during his media availability Monday morning, John, as you mentioned, he said, I'm not trading anyone for peanuts. And with that mindset, it's the reason why we have yet to see the Texans part ways with any of their players. Given the lack of talent on this team, I'm sure Houston is looking to get a at least a first round, second round, or third round pick in nearly any potential deal. And to be honest with you, John and listeners, outside of the four players who were named on the off-limit list, I do not see a situation where the Texans will be able to get what they want in a potential deal. And the perfect example that I'm going to use is Will Fuller. Somebody I truly believe holds a lot of trade value for the Houston Texans and is part of the reason why we continuously seen his name in trade rumors. However, when you look at the fact that he's injury prone and he can possibly be a what six to seven game rental because his contract is up at the end of the season, I do not see a situation where a team like Green Bay or the New England Patriots, definitely not the New England Patriots, would give up a top-tier draft pick for fuller services because there are just so many uncertainties going on right now. And then you take a look at a guy like Brandon Cooks or Whitney Merciless, some of the older vets on this team. If a championship contending team were to add one of these guys to their roster, I don't think it would be enough, or at least I don't think it's going to be enough where that team can say Cooks and Merciless is enough to get us closer to the Vince Lombardi trophy. A player like Cooks, like Merciless, has possibly maxed out their full potential in the league. I'm not saying that they can get any better, but let's say the Packers go out and make a trade for Brandon Cooks or even make a trade for Whitney Merciless because they need help in their pass rush. I'm pretty sure Green Bay is not looking at that situation and say, we got the Brandon Cooks who balled out in New Orleans. We got the Brandon Cooks who balled out in New England. And I definitely know they're not going to look at a potential deal with Whitney Merciless and say, we got the Merciless who racked up 12 sacks in 2015. So when you take a look at what Romeo Cannell said, when you take a look at the fact that we are less than 12 hours away from the trade deadline, I do not see the Houston Texans making a major move. And I think Romeo Cannell's statement is possibly a good way to save the Texans to make sure that this organization do not make another trade where they give up a top tier talent and give them away for a bag of peanuts. Well, here's the thing about that. What would he be saving them from? You're wanting six. Your season moving forward is really to see what you can avoid having to um, fix next year. But we also understand that draft capital is very important, which will be very important once we discuss uh, the GM that we think would be good for Houston. But, you know, if I'm a Green Bay, I think Green Bay may be, may be the perfect example of a team that may be willing to give up a higher later round draft pick, like a third, a fourth. And the third round is where Houston starts in the draft this year. But they need a receiver. And as much as Devontae Adams can do it all, Devontae Adams can't do it all for Green Bay. And I, when I say that, I mean they're going to have to find somebody that can match his effort because 
outside of Devontae Adams, it's not happening. And Will Fuller name has been getting thrown around a lot. And I think that'll be a match made in heaven for Aaron Rodgers, along with a running mate for Devontae Adams. And I can see them giving up a, a, a later, their fourth round pick, I'm sorry, their fourth round pick, or maybe Houston can get a, 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 a third round pick. Maybe that's too much, but maybe a fourth and, and maybe a, a draft pick for the following year, depending on how it works out. And the biggest issue that I don't think we are really looking at is Houston does not have a GM. So teams will probably understand that they can get over a little bit more from a team with no GM like they did when we had a GM in Bill O'Brien and Brian Gang. Well, let's stick specifically for, to Bill O'Brien. When we had a GM in Bill O'Brien and the trades he was making just didn't quite add up. So I think if we're going to look at Romeo Cornell not wanting to make trades for a bag of peanuts and, you know, to quote you, He's saving the Texans. I think that's where we should be looking at is because Houston does not have a GM. Cal McNair is putting together a committee of experts in football and sports to aid and help in the search for a head coach and GM. And I love that decision because Jack Easterby is completely away and should have no influence on who they bring in to replace Bill O'Brien with both of those hats, GM and head coaching. We are going to discuss the possible GM that we believe. We believe Houston should take a serious look at for next year and moving forward. You know, I also want to tell you guys about Built Go, right? It's, it's just amazing. It's kind of sweeping the, the workout nation. It's sweeping the gyms. It's keeping everybody where they need to be in. Uh, Bill Go just makes you the best you at whatever you do. That's what it does. That is the main objective. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break right through it with Go every day. Easy to take in a 1.5 ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. If you're playing some flag football with your boys, it's good for that. Or you could just put it in your pocket to get through the day. Bill Go is the best workout gel on the market it's a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling plus it's so natural for the body it's just completely better it's like drinking a monster with a third of caffeine and better results with three delicious flavors peanut butter honey chocolate coconut and my favorite chocolate mint i like mint you know mint, mint it gives you like this fresh feeling at the end. You know what I mean? Whenever you drink it or eat it. Built Go combines energy gel with a collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into the system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff and it's great to ignite your work. It ignites my work as well. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! Welcome back in from our break, hearing from our sponsors. Hey, so the funny thing about Houston is Houston had no head coach in basketball for a few weeks. Uh, we just got a new manager with the Astros and that worked out pretty good for the Astros, all things considered, but the Houston Texans are sitting 
with two hats that need to be filled. The Houston Texans are going into the 2021 draft, not picking until the third round due to Miami Dolphins getting those two, uh, those two picks because of the Laramie Tunsil trade. And they're in a position where, if I may say, there is a lot of cloudiness in where they could be going because you didn't expect a rebuild. And the only reason why we would say it's a rebuild is because whenever you start the season one and six, something has to be rebuilt. The foundation in the organization, whether it's the front office, on the field, or, you know, in the owner's box, the foundation is broken somewhere and it has to be rebuilt. We just so happened to know where the rebuilding needed to come from. And that was at head coach. Uh, and that was also at general manager because Bill O'Brien did a terrible job in both positions. Now, we'll add, does Jadavion Clowney have a sack this year? No. I don't know. <laughs> get, get back to me. Get back to me on that one. But before you find a head coach, and that's also a discussion that we will have this week. But before you find a head coach, it's very important that you get a general manager. Why? Because you want to make sure your general manager is on the same page with your head coach. They are on the same page with bringing in the right staff, scouting staff to scout draft picks, coaching staff to make sure you're coaching your team the best way to put them in winning positions. Deshaun Watson has already mentioned who he want as a head coach. And I think Deshaun, if I'm Cal McNair and I'm also Deshaun Watson, I, I text you separately outside the Texas group chat. And I say, hey, you guys are invested in me for a very long time. I signed that contract. I want to be here. You've put me through QB hell. And I think I deserve a say on who calls the plays moving forward. Uh, but if we're going to talk about strictly the general manager, I think the Indianapolis Colts assistant manager, Ed Dodds, let's just stay right here in the division in the AFC South. Let's go ahead and poach Ed Dodds away from the Indianapolis Colts because he is responsible for what? Drafting Russell Wilson. Also helping put together the Legion of Boom. He's a scouting Genius, and I want to tell you why that's important. He's already improved how impressive he is in Indianapolis when we look at his resume by selecting two all pros with Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard in 2018. He's already considered to be one of the NFL's best evaluators, and Dodds would provide an immediate improvement over the current scouting department. And that's a, that's the truth because the Houston Texans have been pretty much historical drafting bad in later rounds, right? But here's why him being that scouting genius makes perfect sense for what Houston has going on right now. As we stand, Houston does not pick until the third round in 2021. And I'm going to look at late-round draft picks for Ed Dodge. 2010, Cam Chancellor in the fifth round. 2011, K.J. Wright in the fourth round, Richard Sherman in the fifth round, Byron Maxwell in the sixth round, Super Bowl MVP linebacker, Michael Malcolm Smith in the seventh round, and then 2015, third round, Tyler Lockett. And I'm looking at the talent 
that he was able to really review with his scouting department and team, of course, break down and see what works best. When you go out and find Richard Sherman in the fifth round, K.J. Wright in the fourth round, Byron Maxwell, who got that big contract, I believe, in Miami, did not pay off for Miami, but he had very good moments for Seattle. Malcolm Smith is an MVP at linebacker in the Super Bowl. Not too many people can say that as, as a linebacker. Cam Chancellor in the fifth round. And that gives me a sense of understanding that you know talent. Sometimes a first-round pick can bust pretty bad. Like, we, we've seen bust out of first-round picks. We've seen bust out of first-round overall number one draft picks. But he's able to go out for the entire course of him scouting these teams, scouting these players in, in college and seeing what this offense or what this defense here in our organization would like to do and putting them in the right position. I think Ed Dodds is the perfect candidate for Houston and should seriously consider for next year. When looking at candidates, the Texans should pursue this offseason. When looking at head coaching candidates, you have to talk about Eric Bieniemy because he's at the top of nearly everyone list. And John, that is the one guy that you were just talking about, um, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. But there's another guy within that same organization I think the Houston Texans should consider for their vacant GM position. And that guy is Mike Bogunski, the Chiefs director of football and operations. He began his career with the organization 11 years ago and started as a college scout in 2009. And he has played a big role in putting together the Chiefs' current championship roster by either suggesting and scouting guys like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and of course, their main guy, Patrick Mahomes. Now, of course, Mike has brought in several talented players throughout his time in Kansas City. But at the end of the day, you're talking about the fact that he was basically the head of orchestrating their current big three and orchestrating their championship roster as well. Mike knows what success looked like. He knows what a championship organization looked like. He has championship pedigree. And that is something that the Houston Texans need right now. John, really quick, before I give the mic over back to you, I also want to say that Houston should reopen talks with Will McClay, the Cowboys vice president of player personnel, someone who actually declined to speak with the Texans in 2018 for their then vacant GM search following Rick Smith's departure. In a way, he is similar to Mike starting his career as an NFL scout in 2009, has spent the last 11 years with the same organization, and some of his most noticeable players that he brought into the Cowboys organization, Demarcus Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and Amari Cooper. However, he does not possess the championship experience, and coming from the Dallas Cowboys, literally four hours away from the Houston Texans organization right up I-45, it's safe to say that he's coming from a little bit of a more dysfunctional organization than what the Houston Texans have today. But at the end of the day, Will McClay, this guy, just like Mike, knows what talent is, has brought a plethora of talented players into the Dallas Cowboys organization. I would like to see the Houston Texans take on him as well. It would have been lovely to have this discussion once before the Houston Texans got to be a one and six, right? Maybe they could have avoided this record. Maybe this season wouldn't have been a red shirt year. Maybe things would have been a little bit different. However, they're not. And so that's the reality of it. But Kyle McNair told 610 
which is the Texans flagship station in an interview that aired on Monday that he does not believe in giving up. He continued to say that we won't, our team won't, ownership won't, our coaches won't. We'll see where this season ends. This story on the season isn't written yet. We want to give our guys a chance. And I think that's a great quote, but it's not reality. And it's not like you can technically give up in the middle of the season. You have to play the last nine games. First of all, you want to make the revenue. And that's just where you are. You can't continue to say, we're going to take a week off. We're going to take a week off. We're going to take a week off. You got to play. But what Cody brought up on Monday that we were originally going to do for Monday's show was we need to see what's on this roster. Young, old, who's expendable, who can stay around. Those expectations we've had from players, maybe from last year, any of those gang guys that are left, we need to see if it's time to just go ahead and and break ties. Uh, Speaking of gang guys, Kaheli Warren practiced on Monday, along with Bradley Roby, A.J. Moore, and Jordan Akins. But very good to see that Kaheli Warren's back at practice because he's one of those guys, especially one of those guys that we need to see what he can do on the football field outside of special teams. Uh, But ultimately, overall, we're going to talk about the running back position, breaking down that running back position, and what we want to see from that position moving forward uh, for the rest of the nine games. With nine games left and standing at one and six on the season, it's safe to say that the Houston Texans really do not have much to play for for the remainder of the 2020 season. However, they actually do. The Houston Texans need to use the second half of the season to make sure that they go out and play a lot of their young guys to see what they have left What are they going to use? Who are they going to use as they go through this rebuilding project? A rebuilding project that if everything goes well, they can possibly be back in playoff contention next year. But if they don't evaluate these guys and they don't give these guys the experience that they need, you're looking at a rebuilding process that might take the next three to four years. We're going to introduce this new segment called guys young guys that we would like to see in the second half of the season. And we're just going to take rather a player that is either a rookie in his second year or possibly his third year, like a guy like Jacob Martin. And we're going to just discuss why we want to see more of this guy heading into the second half of the season. I hinted at it last week, but the young player I would like to see during the second half of the season is Scotty Phillips. Look, Houston run game has been terrible this season. And no disrespect to David Johnson, but he is the reason why Houston run game has looked so terrible this year. And I'm so disappointed to say that because at the end of the day, nobody was excited about his arrival in Houston, but everyone was at least a little bit optimistic to see what he can do. Everyone believed all he needed was a change of scenery. He got the new scenery, but we have yet to see a change. Now, of course, John, I know you're real big on this. Listeners, I know a lot of you guys are big on this as well. You guys would like to see David Johnson get a lot more touches, and I would like to see the same thing as well. However, if Houston is using the second half of the year to evaluate players that they believe can be part of their long-term future, I do not see a situation where Duke Johnson is going to have the opportunity to get more touches because I highly doubt that he's going to be in the long-term future of this organization. And with that being said, Houston might as well see what they have in a young stud like Scotty Phillips. 
As we all know, he was an undrafted free agent, and nearly every draft expert said Houston came away with a steal. He had a pretty good collegiate career at Ole Miss. His junior year was by far his best year. He declined a little bit during his senior year, but that's only because he was sharing a backfield with another five-star recruit. But at the end of the day, the Houston Texans might as well throw him in a line of fire to see what they have in that young stud. I hate to say this, John, listeners, I hate to say this, but he can't be no worse than what we have watched from David Johnson through the first seven games of the season. And let's say by any chance he is just as bad or perhaps even worse than David Johnson. At least he has an excuse because he's a rookie. I don't know what David Johnson's excuse is. OC Tim Kelly mentioned that David Johnson, I'm sorry, Duke Johnson will start receiving more uh, plays on first and second downs. And you know what? Honestly, as much as you may want to see Scotty, Scotty Phillips, uh, as much as at this point, maybe giving Scotty Phillips an opportunity to play sounds right. I still want to see what we have out of Duke Johnson. Uh, ultimately, because Duke Johnson has never been high in a usage rate. Like he's never been used a lot over the course of a season. Very few touches, uh, a very great runner, very good yards per carry runner. And I will just, I just want to see if, if the running back position is something we need to prioritize next year. Now, I will say that I still do want to see Scotty Phillips. I still do want to see Scotty, Scotty Phillips or Buddy Howell get an opportunity to at least have a fair evaluation of themselves, right? Because if you go out there and you get some playing time that's worth evaluating, which all playing time in the, in the NFL is worth evaluating, then whether you do good or not, you know that, okay, well, this is something I personally need to work on, and, or I can see why the Texans didn't want me to stick, stick around. But ultimately, overall, I think we can both agree that no more David Johnson. Let's see what Duke Johnson has and what he can do for this offense. And, and I really want to see the connection between Duke Johnson and Deshaun Watson. I've always felt like that could have been something very special because of how Duke plays. He can run the ball pretty good, and we know how effective he is out of the backfield. And with this offensive line that doesn't really create a push when, when with run blocking, Duke just makes more sense behind that line than David Johnson. So if you're going to say we're not going to quit and these are grown men who get paid millions of dollars uh, for the most part and they don't want to continue to lose like that, they're going to compete. They're going to want to play. So, But let's see what is the best that you can put out there on the field. And I think Duke Johnson is ultimately the better running back to put out on that field. But to your credit and to what you're saying, I definitely believe it may be time for us to see Scotty Phillips and Buddy Howell. But the problem was how I mentioned last week that it just seems like this team was never prepared. They were prepared to beat COVID. Yes, you know, uh, Bill O'Brien said they could have they could have ate off the floor. But with no offseason, you have second-year, third-year players in critical positions that you were expecting big leaps out of. And once Max Sharpen got hurt, he never was able to come back. And I think it's time for him to start playing football again and starting. But at critical positions, you didn't get the opportunity over the summer that you would normally get. Screwed up a lot, which hindered your first year DC, hindered your, at the time, your first year 
full-time play caller in Tim Kelly hindered a lot. This team just was not ready. Also, I look at the first year secondary coach in De'Anton Lynn. This team was never prepared. Now with seven games, you have something that you've been able to prepare for week to week. See what you can have out there on the field. Play the young guys. Play some of the vets. And I can't wait to talk about a lot of the other younger guys on this roster because, like you mentioned, Cody, this is something we will continue to do as we're just kind of understanding that the rest of the season is to see where we are standing overall with this team and where we need to go from there. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and also like us on Facebook as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.